This episode of Eat the Rules is brought to you by You on Fire. You on Fire is the online group coaching program that I run that gives you a step-by-step way of building up your self-worth beyond your appearance. With personalized coaching from me, incredible community support, and lifetime access to the program so that you can get free from body shame and live life on your own terms. Get details on what's included and sign up for the next cycle at summerinandin.com forward slash you on fire. I'd love to have you in that group. This is Eat the Rules, a podcast about body image, self-worth, anti-dieting, and intersectional feminism. I am your host, Summer Inanin, a professionally trained coach specializing in body image, self-worth, and confidence, and the best-selling author of Body Image Remix. If you're ready to break free of societal standards and stop living behind the number on your scale, then you have come to the right place. Welcome to the show. This is part two of episode 199. And I'm back with two other incredible women whose stories that I'm sharing with you today who I had the honor of working with in the You on Fire program. The first part of this episode featured two other stories. You can check that out. They're both at summerinandin.com forward slash 199. A powerful force. Summer and her podcast are incredible. I'm also a coach and came to this career path through my own experience with disordered eating and poor body image. Summer's podcast was integral to my healing journey. And I've learned so much from her and her guests. I can't thank you enough. Thank you so much, Haldol. I really appreciate that review. Love hearing from other coaches as well. And if you would like to leave a review for the show, you can do that by going to iTunes, search for Eat the Rules and click ratings and reviews and click to leave a review. You can also hit that little subscribe button. Do it, do it. And don't forget to grab the free 10 day body confidence makeover at summerinandin.com forward slash freebies. This is the second part of episode 199. And I'm not going to repeat everything I said in the first episode. But just to shorten it down, I love sharing these stories because I love for people to kind of get a feel for what it's like to work with me. I feel like doing this work is kind of nebulous. Like it doesn't really have a clear outcome that we can really connect to because we haven't experienced that. We've spent our entire life not feeling good enough in our bodies. Then it's very difficult to understand what it would be like to not feel that way. And there's a lot of hesitations and fear that come up around that. And so I love sharing these stories because it gives you a clearer picture of what that looks like and what life is like on the other side and what it's like to have the absence of all of those negative thoughts about your body and constantly body check and the negative emotions that accompany all that. And it's not to say that it's perfect and you feel amazing all the time, but it's just so much freer. So you can find information about you on fire at summerinandin.com forward slash you on fire. I'd love to have you in the group and get on the wait list there and you'll get notified when the doors open for enrollment. First up, I'm talking to Rebecca and Rebecca's story is unique in that she was brand new to all of this work. (laughs) So her whole life went upside down when she joined this program. And at the same time, she's come so far in those few months, like she really committed to it. She really knew that There was no going back. And it's so cool to hear about where she is now and how she's incorporating this work into her dissertations for her PhD. So this is Rebecca Spotlight. Hi, Rebecca. Welcome to the show. 
Hi, Summer. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to reconnect with you. Why don't we start by having you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, what you do, where you live? Great. So my name is Rebecca. I live in Brooklyn, New York, and I'm currently working on my PhD in political science. I study how internet-based social movements around taboo issues use digital communication tools to influence the policy process. I didn't realize that's what you were studying. That is so interesting. Yeah, and actually one of the movements now that I study is the anti-diet movement. That's a somewhat new addition to it because I spent so much time listening to podcasts and then also like following what's going on on social media in that space for my own sake. I figured why not make that one of the case studies in my dissertation. Oh, that's so cool. When you're done, you'll have to come back and maybe I'll interview you as a guest and you can tell me everything you learned. That's so fascinating. That's awesome. Okay, so well, let's dive into what we're going to talk about today. And why don't you tell everyone just a little bit about, you know, what some of the frustrations that you had with your body before we started working together? Oh, yeah, so many. Honestly, like nothing felt right with my body. And I also just had such a distorted perception of my body. I don't think I could really recognize like how severe my body dysmorphia was before I did You on Fire. But specifically, I was really upset about my stomach. I had just been fixated on my stomach since I was a kid. You know, I even remember being six years old and already thinking like my stomach isn't the quote unquote right size for society. So just really feeling very frustrated in that way. But generally, I think I just like never had a chance to look in the mirror and always like it was very rare that I'd look in the mirror and felt any kind of like positive feeling about my body. So yeah, deep in it. And so what happened that made you decide to make a change like that showed you there was like another way out there for you? Yeah, so it's actually so last summer, I had to get surgery to remove a fibroid from a uterus. I had a fibroid that was the size of a grapefruit. And I decided to get it surgically removed because my husband and I are planning a pregnancy and having a large fibroid does increase the chances of having a difficult pregnancy. And so just thought, okay, I, I need to do this. But if I'm being totally honest, I also wanted to get it removed because I had seen a doctor maybe two or three years before I actually had the surgery who said to me, when you have the surgery, you will emerge from it with a flat stomach. And this is like my six-year-old self inside me being like, oh my God, the dream is finally going to come true. And of course, I like went on YouTube and all these women who had had the surgery were recounting like their tales of having completely flat stomach after the surgery. And so I was just like, great, like two birds with one stone. I want to get pregnant and this is going to make it easier to like actually have a baby at the term. And then also like, I'm going to be really skinny. And so in preparation for the surgery and my flat stomach post-surgical bod, I just knew what I did best. And I just went on a very restrictive diet. And I did lose a significant amount of weight in a very short amount of time. I also think like being in the pandemic and just being at home a lot and just being sort of like confronted with all these thoughts, like I needed to come into control. And so I just went to what I knew best. And I was just completely crushed when, so then I had the surgery and I emerged from the surgery without a flat stomach. My stomach looked exactly the same as it had always had, of course, because that's just what my body looks like. And I couldn't sustain the diet much longer. It'd been like two months of like very feeling very restricted. And I just started binging and I felt so out of control and the weight I lost just came back. And this is something that like, I've, I'm a chronic dieter, have been since my teens. It's not something new to me. I just thought this time would be different. And so after all that, I just thought like, I can't do this anymore. I just, I can't do this anymore. I have to learn to accept myself. 
and I couldn't just try to keep making myself smaller. And so I just went online. I literally just Googled body image coach. I like knew nothing about the health at every size movement or intuitive eating. I didn't know anything about you, Summer, but you were the first thing that came up. And I like looked on your website and then you hosted your video info session. And so I just decided to sign up for you on fire. And it was just it was wild to just come into all this without any prior knowledge about diet culture and like just the possibility of not being on a diet had never occurred to me. And I had joined your course thinking, oh, I can still be on a diet. I just have to learn to accept myself while on a diet. Like I, I just, the, the possibility of not being, it was impossible to me. But, you know, during one of your first week, the first week of You on Fire, I actually listened to one of your podcast interviews with Christy Harrison and she was promoting her book, Anti-Diet. And it was the first time I was exposed to any kind of information around how bogus diets are and how they don't work. And I mean, truly, like, I felt like the floor had just like crumbled below me. Like I had no floor to stand on anymore. My whole life has been built on this idea that like, you have to diet, it's the responsible thing to do. And somehow one day, you will be skinny. And like, anyway, it really, like understanding that diet culture is a lie, really, and that it's a lie to support a patriarchic white supremacist order was mind blowing, earth shattering, and just like really knocked the wind out of me. Yeah, wow. And I remember like, I was so like blown away that you had taken the leap with this because I find a lot of the people that end up working with me or end up in the program, like they've sort of been following me for a while and it takes them sort of like a while to sort of warm up to this idea and be ready to do the work. And like, you were just like brand new. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> and also like, I know, I think as we talked about how you sort of went through the motions with this, like I was just so impressed with how much you just invested your whole self into this. But I'm just curious to know, like, did you have any fears or hesitations about this, like about accepting your body and doing this work? Yes, of course, I had so many fears. I was so afraid of, I think it's, a, it, I feel like it's such a tough question because when I started You on Fire, I was like ready to accept my body, but I didn't realize at the time that I also needed to change and heal my relationship with food. So it just, I really didn't fully understand what I was getting myself into. And so I think like a normal fear would be like, oh, I'm worried about putting on weight. But at the time, like, I think to me, I didn't have that fear. I thought like, it's fine. Like, I'm not going to give up. I was still dieting when I started your program, but it just wasn't as restrictive of what, as what I was doing leading up to the surgery. But then I think I sort of went from that phase to like letting all foods in and the honeymoon phase, which was like really exciting. And so the fear didn't really start happening to me until a couple of months after your program, actually. And when I started actually putting on weight and facing a lot of that stuff, which it's much easier having done your program to like deal with all those fears that creep up here and there. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that answers your questions, but it's kind of a weird, I think because I came at it in such a weird timing with my progression, I can't say I had too many fears going and I was just really excited that someone was going to teach me how to like love myself. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. No, I find that just so interesting. And so, so once you were sort of, we were doing this work together, what were some of the key stepping stones that really helped you move forward? Yeah. So like I said, once I listened to that podcast, your interview with Christy Harrison, one thing that was really helpful is that I read every book I could find on health and every size, intuitive eating, radical self-acceptance. I mean, everything from Christy Harrison's anti-diet to the Fusket diet to Fearing the Black Body by Sabrina Strings and More Than a Body. Every book under the sun I read truly under the span of two weeks. Like I didn't leave my room for two weeks and just like listened on audiobook or read books. And it was really helpful for me to consume all that information to really drill it into my mind that 
this is bogus, that the diet culture is bogus. And I'm a researcher. I get scientific research. I can read studies. And so I also did a lot of that. And for me, that's very grounding to be like, oh, there's no evidence for what I've been trying to do, but there's evidence for intuitive eating. Like this is very grounding. So that was very helpful. The second thing that I did was that was one of the suggestions in your program. So I started a new Instagram account. I'm, I'd actually been off social for about three years, but I just started a new Instagram account just to follow like Hayes and intuitive eating accounts and also accounts of influencers in, in larger bodies. So I can get really comfortable with reframing my idea of beauty and women's bodies and accept that you can be cute at any size. And so that was really, really helpful of just like immersing myself in reframing for myself like what a woman is supposed to look like. And just having that diversity of images has been was incredibly, incredibly healing. But now I've actually moved to unfollowing all accounts that are about showcasing women's bodies, because I'm really working on not objectifying women regardless of their size. And so this has been also very liberating. So I think that initial step was very important. And now I like move away from all objectification because even though it's amazing to celebrate all bodies, at the end of the day, what I'm really coming for me, the conclusion is like actually bodies are just bodies and women are being objectified at all sizes. And whether it's positive or negative objectification, it's still objectification. And it's something that I'm for my own healing is really important for me to kind of step away from. So that was a very important stepping stone. And then the third one was just really getting clear with my values. I loved this exercise in You on Fire. I think diet culture really wants you to feel constantly inadequate. And I felt like like this had mentally taken over so many aspects of my life. Like I felt like sort of inadequate in my job. I felt inadequate in like even in things like inadequate in how I'm cooking. Like everything felt like I had to strive for perfection, but actually the exercise is getting clear on my values. And those included for me like knowledge, adventure, connection to nature, love and compassion, justice and freedom. I started to realize that actually so many aspects of my life are aligned with my values. And I just started to feel a lot more content about my life. And I often return to my values when those moments when I'm feeling inadequate because those moments happen. And it's really grounding to help me remind myself what I need to feel content. Yeah, amazing. I love it all. And I know before we started recording, like you were mentioning just the trip that you were just on and how that really was like super aligned to your values and allowed you to like just be in that state of kind of like just feeling really fulfilled. Yeah, definitely. And now I know I need adventure in my life. Like when I'm feeling a little low, I think to myself, okay, have I gone on an adventure recently? And that could be something very simple, like just going into the a new part of the park that I live nearby, you know, like finding a new spot like that will sort of at least fulfill a small part of my adventure. Yeah, that's great. So what are some of the specific things you've noticed about how you feel about your body since doing the program? Yeah, so first, and I know this is something you mentioned a lot on your podcast, but my feelings about my body change every day. So there are days when I dig my body, and there are days when I feel down, and there are others when I'm totally neutral. But really, the big shift is that my inner critic is a lot less mean. So when I'm not happy with how I look, I don't find myself like engaging in self-bashing criticism. And that's such a huge relief. It's really just a, if I'm not enjoying how I look, it's just a feeling of like, yeah, okay, I'm not digging how I look. And then I kind of move on. And I can't believe that I'm actually able to do that. That's a huge, huge weight off my shoulders. And I'm also learning how to engage with my inner critic. So instead of telling her to just go away, stop bothering me, 
I've been learning to just ask like, well, what's going on? Like, what are you upset about? I'm just kind of like figuring out, okay, like, why is it that I'm focusing on my body so much today? Or why is it that I don't feel so great about my body? And it's usually something totally unrelated to my body. Like maybe I'm PMSing or something is stressful coming up. So really engaging with that. And yeah, I think the realization that dieting, the desire to control my body is just a coping mechanism was really pivotal in learning to engage my feelings on my body and figure out what else lies underneath them. So yeah, I guess now I feel more embodied, like I'm in my body, not constantly objectifying it. And I feel like I have the tools to work through the emotional angst it gives me the urge to want to control my body. Yeah, amazing. That's so good. And so what were some of the highlight moments for you? Yeah, so since I really dove into intuitive eating with a counselor at the same time I was doing You on Fire, a huge thing for me this past year has been allowing myself to eat. So rekindling a relationship with cheese and bread and sugar has been huge and so enjoyable. And I think the best thing, though, is I can tell that my disposition has just changed so much. I'm much less anxious. I sleep so much better. And I'm just generally more focused on my work and family. It's just like not being in my head all day, like thinking about, what can I eat? What can I eat? Or how do I look? And did I put on weight today? Like just all these questions, like it's just so liberating to not have to deal with that. Yeah, that's so huge. I remember one of the coaching calls that we had like shortly after the program finished was I remember because I wrote it down because you said you feel like a different person. (laughs) I was like, whoa, that's a big statement. (laughs) It's true. I feel now it's been a couple months now that I'm used to like being in this new me. But it like it's such a difference from where I was before. And just like, it's just the mental tape is so much quieter. And it's a huge amount of space regained in my mind. And so what does it feel like to get that baggage off your shoulders? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, it really, I feel like weightless. It's amazing. But I think a visual that really comes to mind for me was, like, when I was trying to make myself smaller through dieting and exercise, it was like swimming against the current. It's like, we're all swimming against the current just because everyone else is. Everyone's telling you, you got to work, you got to swim against the current to be smaller. And it's just, it's so exhausting. Whereas learning to accept my body feels like turning around and swimming with the current. And just life is so much easier when you are swimming with the current. So of course, not everyone will see it this way. Since diet culture tells us in order to swim with the current, you need to diet and get smaller. But now I know that's not, that's not true. And it just doesn't make sense anyway. Like if the destination that we're all swimming against is like happiness, contentment, and just feeling fulfilled, I think dieting is just counterintuitive in the end. And that's kind of what it feels like to me. It's just like, I feel like I'm swimming with the current. That's amazing. Totally. I love that metaphor, actually, because it's like, it just kind of it alludes to the fact that you were able to like go with the flow and be present and be aware of what's there and be able to move forward and not be feeling so stuck and like up in your head. I don't know. That's what comes to mind when I hear that metaphor. And I sort of apply it to my own lens on this. Yeah, totally. And so what's one piece of advice you'd like to give others going through a similar experience? Yeah, so there's a phrase that I keep repeating myself recently, and this has come up a lot. Since the world's been reopening, and I think many other people out there are having some anxiety around being being out in the world, and I've noticed some people in my life maybe have lost weight and just noticing these things. And something that I've been repeating to myself to make me feel grounded in what I'm doing is that there is no virtue in being at war with your body. And there's also no virtue in having a disordered relationship to food and just like repeating for me, that's just a very grounding phrase of like, 
it's not that your like moral compass is defunct just because you're assigned to let go of diet culture. Like it's not any judgment on you and your part. It's not a judgment on others who want to stay keep dieting, but just remind yourself that you're not wrong for doing this. And I think the other thing I, I want to mention is that like, life is not all roses when you decide to give up dieting and accept your body. There are days, there definitely have been very difficult days of feeling like, why did I do, am I crazy? What have I done? Really working through the grief of letting go of my old self and also letting go of a body that I'd never had and I will never have. And just really accepting that can be really hard. But in the end, it's a much more sustainable option than trying against all odds to remain on a diet your whole life. So yeah, those are my two pieces of advice. That's awesome. I love that. I love the quote that you gave. There is no virtue in being at war with your body. That's like really powerful. And I'm just amazed at how far you've come in a year. Like I think if it was last summer that you were kind of still hardcore dieting and everything else. And then to be where you are now, like I'm just so blown away. I think I was kind of blown away every step of this process with your willingness to just really be all in with this and trust the process. And there was just something really deep down inside of you that knew that this was the way forward for yourself. And I just, I'm super, super proud of you. I'm honored that I got to walk beside you in this. And I think that you've just done such an incredible job and you will inspire others. And I can't wait to hear more about your dissertation. Thanks, Summer. I honestly, truly could not have done this without you and you on fire. I'm so blessed that that's the link that I found on that day when I decided to Google this. And I'm so grateful. So thank you so much for your program and your work. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Is there anything else you want to add before we close this out? No, no, I just encourage everyone who's here feeling down and out about dieting, just give yourself a little break and try it. Try not dieting. And you might find that it's a much easier place to be. Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much for that, Rebecca. Oh, thank you, Summer. Thank you for being here. Have a good one. Rock on. It was so awesome to catch up with Rebecca again. And I really can't wait to hear about her research. I think that's like just such a cool topic that she's digging into now. And like I said, it's just so amazing to see how far someone came in such a few short months when this was like brand new to them. And yeah, I just really admire her commitment. Next up, we have Arvis. And Arvis is so awesome because Arvis is 67 years old. And I remember when she joined, she's like, I'm definitely the oldest person here. And I think she was at the time. But I've had people in the group that are around that age before. And it's so cool. Like I really admire people who choose to do this later in life, because it's never too late to change. It's never too late to decide I've had enough of this. And I want to make a change. And I'm not going to live the rest of my life that way. And she's just so cool. And so this is Arvis's spotlight. Hello, Arvis. Welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here. Yeah, thank you. This is exciting. <laughs> I know it's really exciting. And it's so lovely to finally see you because I know I don't get to see very much of you when we were working together. <laughs> so can you tell our listeners just a little bit about who you are and where you live and anything else that you want to share? Yeah, well, I am almost 68 years old. I'll be 68 August 1st. And I live in the central coast of California, which is still a little bit of a secret, which is great. We live right near the beach. We're about 10 minutes from the beach, but we're halfway between Los Angeles and San Francisco. 
So that's really great because there's no big freeway here. There's no, I mean, 101 goes through, but it's not as big as it is in the Bay Area or Los Angeles or anything like that. So we feel very, almost pretty rural out here and, but near the beach. So that's really nice. Just small towns, no big box stores. It's really cool. So tell everyone a little bit about the frustrations that you had with your body before we started working together. Oh, gosh. Well, go way, way back. Since I was 10, I think I was on my first diet when I was 10, thanks to our general physician who scolded both my mom and me for being overweight, so or what he called overweight, and as a child. And he said, have her be on this Mayo Clinic diet. And off I went. <laughs> and so from that point on, my body was never right. And I needed to make sure it stayed thinner as much as possible. I never developed a really intense eating disorder. However, I was what we called compulsive overeater or whatever, if that's okay to say, and binging, things like that. So that just up and down, up and down, probably dieted every one to two years, depending on what was going on, always looking to get rid of the last such and such pounds and event coming up, get rid of these pounds, all this kind of stuff. And I think it got the most intense in my 20s in terms of just fighting it constantly, obsessed with it constantly, never enough, never good enough, couldn't get small enough all of that and just was on that route forever. Probably when I got together with my husband, we met in our early 40s and I got together with him when I was 43 and he turned out to be the love of my life. And he's like the most generous and loving person that I've ever had the opportunity to be with. And he loved me just the way I was. And I felt always, I felt at the time that I was not small enough. However, he didn't seem to think anything about it. And so I decided that I was going to enjoy this person thought I was <laughs> and just stop fighting with myself about it. So I would say that I stopped dieting. I said, I'm not going to diet anymore. And I put weight on and that freaked us both out. <laughs> <laughs> so back on the train, back on the wagon, and but not as intense way. However, by the time I got to, I mean, like I'm saying, I'm almost 68 years old. By the time I got to my late 50s, I was like, what the hell, man? How long is this going to go on? Is this really my life? You know, how can I possibly, I can't do this anymore. I can't. I just got to figure something else out. And so I think it's just, again, I would freak out and and go on another diet. However, I got more, maybe because of my age, I guess, because of other people, maybe I started seeing things a little more logically, like different sized bodies. Not everybody was twiggy and all that crap. So I got a little more comfortable with my size, but still always all the diet mentality, good foods, bad foods, rules, and then shame and blah, blah, blah. So that's where I was at when I finally discovered the intuitive eating. Yeah. Yeah. And that path. Yeah. And so what happened that made you decide to make that change? Like, was there something where you like, I, I know there was obviously a long buildup. There were a lot of times that you mentioned that you were like sick of this crap. But was there anything that you were just like, okay, I'm gonna start intuitive eating and then obviously work on the body image piece of it? 
Right. Well, we moved down to this area. We were in the Bay Area and we moved down to this area. And I have a best friend here that she and I have known each other since we were 18. And of course, part of our relationship was always about the same thing, the dieting and all of that. And she mentioned intuitive eating. We were both grousing and commiserating about, we're so frustrated. Why can't we just be okay? What is okay? And all this stuff. And she mentioned intuitive eating. And I said, I had not heard of that in that term. And so she turned me on to that book, the one, well, actually, I think I read Christy Harrison's first book first, Anti-Diet. And then I went into the Evelyn Triboli, that, is that her name? Yeah, Evelyn Triboli, yeah. Yeah, the intuitive eating book. When I read about it, of course, in the anti-diet book, you just walk into this space like, oh, really? This is not a real world that I've been in. I mean, I could actually have another real world and oh my goodness. And so I kind of feel like I just was like, I don't know what this is going to be like. This is really scary, but it sounds like a normal human being. My husband is a normal eater. I've been studying him (laughs) the whole time we've been together because he is the kind of person who loves to eat, loves to have his three meals a day. He will literally leave one piece of food on his plate. And I would look at him and go, "Uh, aren't you going to eat that last piece? And he's, oh, no, I'm full. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? So I kind of observed what he would do, you know, and then I thought, okay. So anyway, I thought, oh, I could actually maybe end up being a normal person, normal human being. So that's kind of where I took off with it. And that was March, April, I guess more like April of 2020, just happened to be during the pandemic time. And so like what fears or hesitations did you have around doing, like around accepting your body? The biggest fear is and still comes up and was acceptance of other people, the vein of diet mentality and culture in my friends and family, mostly like my close family is intense and I didn't want to be the one that screwed up. I didn't want to be the failure. I didn't want to be the one that gave up or whatever you want to call it or let herself go, you know, that kind of stuff. And so the biggest fear was being judged basically judged and rejected this like passive aggressive rejection like oh wow well I'm just gonna sit here and have my little salad because I'm pretty happy with the way I look and too bad if you aren't you know like that sort of thing (laughs) yeah yeah we'll circle back to that later so I guess like were there any like coaching moments that like stood out to you that really helped you move forward or like things that we did together that helped you progress that's maybe a better way of saying it Yeah, I was looking at the uh, kind of reviewing the modules and probably around module four. So it's like acceptance and learning to accept your body. And I was of the mindset that I was going to have to learn to love my body. Like, oh, someday you're going to look at this bigger body and go, wow, that's perfect. That's the way I should be. But not really. (laughs) Not right off the bat. And mostly what's really helpful is like the coaching calls and being in the group, the group part of it. And that's why I ended up doing the group because I wanted to surround myself with it. I have the You on Fire Facebook page and then I have another Facebook page of group 
actually two others. And they're, God, that is the most help for me. Just hearing everybody, I couldn't believe how everybody felt the same. It's different place, different time, different size, whatever. But the same darn things were going on in everybody's head. And the same freedom and resolution was also coming through for everybody. And that was probably the most helpful for me. Amazing. Yeah, the community support is so integral, I think. Just being surrounded by that and being inspired by that is just so lovely. So what were some things or what are some things that you've noticed are different for you now that you've done this work? What are some things that you notice about how you feel differently about your body since doing You on Fire? I don't get upset. I don't cry. I don't get depressed. I don't feel angry. I don't get any of these horrible, these really intense emotions about it. I don't ever tell myself that there's something wrong with me or that I did something terrible or that I'm broken and all that crap. None of that is there. And just now, just saying this, just answering that question, I realize that. It's like, there's no anger anymore. There's no fear. There's no sadness. It's like, it's what it is. It really is like, it's what it is. And it's much better than going back into that pool and swimming around in that crap. So that's what it is. <laughs> Just recently, I've actually come across these thoughts about how abnormal it is to want to try to make your body stay a certain size. I suddenly had this realization, like I would see like celebrities on television or something and I would see them, oh, they sort of a half, sort of a little tiny trigger moment is like, oh, they've stayed thin forever. And then I thought, well, yeah, but look, what do they have to do? I mean, if they're like 20 and then they're 35 and then they're 45, you've got to work at that all the time. It's a job. Yeah. And it's way beyond a lifestyle. It's an obsession and it's a prison. It's like a prison. And I think it's not normal to try to force your body to stay a certain size. And it's just not normal. <laughs> and I realize that now. And if, if this is what my body wanted to be all these years, then that's what my body wanted to be all these years. And I can't say that I'm wrong. I'm just genetically, this is just what I am. That's what I've actually realized pretty recently. Amazing. Were there any like highlight moments for you that you maybe noticed like, wow, like this was different for me that now than it has been before? Yeah, there are some highlights. Actually, we had some friends come into town a couple weeks ago and they haven't seen them for three years. And I was getting a little antsy about it. And I thought they're going to definitely know that I'm bigger than I was the last time they saw me, blah, blah. That kind of stuff was buzzing around. And then when we all got together, it just, certainly it never came up. Certainly nobody's ever, ever going to say anything. And they were like so happy to see us and we were happy to see them. And we did fun things together and we enjoyed each other. And I thought it has nothing to do with what size I am. And I don't think they probably, maybe they didn't even notice because I'm not that much different than I was before. And <laughs> so it's so funny to realize when that's the aha moments I have is like when I realize that nobody's probably other thinking about this other than you are at the moment. And that's fun in a way. It's like, it's uplifting because it's like, oh, I don't have to think about it. They're not thinking about it. Why should I think about it? Yeah. One of the things, and you can tell me if you're comfortable talking about this or not, was just, I feel like what stood out to me, one of the last times that we were on a coaching call together was 
the way that your relationship with health had really changed and disconnected from your body and how, yeah. And I don't know if you want to talk about that at all, or if you know what I'm referring to there, but that was just something that more recently stood out to me. It was just like, it wasn't about your body. It was like, you could focus on health and doing stuff that was completely detached from that. Right. I think what you're referring to is it's like this whole process has been like in phases, like layers, I guess, you know, layers of the onion. And that layer was the health layer. And I was like getting concerned. Was should I be concerned? And then I just thought, I think health, I probably, I did. I read the Hayes book and I feel healthier. I'm just not concerned about what's ahead. I mean, I just want to being healthy is more about just feeling good, feeling calm, feeling solid and stable, I think. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And to segue in, I finally, this layer, the most recent layer I've been working on is I decided to pursue gentle nutrition, what they talk about gentle nutrition. And my husband had some intestinal problem a couple of weeks ago. And I said, we really do need to eat more vegetables somehow, but we've got to be able to do it so we don't hate it. And so I bought a book, it's called Gentle Nutrition. It's by Rachel Hartley. And it's called Gentle Nutrition. And it's a great book. It is super easy. And the first half of it is a good introduction to IE. And then it's like, I learned more about balancing, balancing your meals so that you have all of these food groups because all of these food groups work together to make you feel better. So I just read it out loud to my husband, some of it out loud to my husband. And I said, so we're going to have some salad tonight. (laughs) We're going to try to figure out how to have salad more often, (laughs) you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's actually worked. And what's really interesting, as soon as I started having all of the protein, the fat and the carb on the plate in the meal, it helped my blood sugar a great deal. I don't get hungry. I don't get as hungry as often. And it's just changed. So that's good because... I used to have problems with hypoglycemia because I was all unbalanced and all upside down and starving myself and stuff like that. But now I just feel more even and I'm just glad that I'm giving my body what I know it needs and not just forgetting about it or ignoring it. And I realized that I am in a place where I don't have to eat like a teenager. I don't have the cravings anymore. I don't get excited about the fact that I can eat a dozen donuts if I want to or something to that effect. I'm just fine. You know, I just, I get hungry and I eat and that's about it. And and I was cooking up a storm. Oh, I'm going to cook all these different things. You know, and now I'm kind of like, yeah, maybe I don't feel like it. You know, it's <laughs> just it's kind of weird. That's an awesome place to be though. Like, I think that's like to detach your weight from your food choices allows you to be in a place where you can like have that great relationship with food. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. So what does it feel like to get this baggage off of your shoulders? it's the freedom. Like I was saying earlier, I don't have any cravings. I don't have any rules. I put a little reminder, my uh, phone comes up on my phone every day that says no rules, unconditional trust. And that I just follow. That's my mantra. And I don't have any rules and I don't have any agenda and there's no worry and there's nothing. There's just nothing. It's weird. It's like nothingness, which I think is supposed to be nirvana. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, right? Like, it's awesome. It's just that quiet. Yeah. So maybe I'm in the nirvana of being a normal eater or something. It's just the freedom that is so wonderful. It just, and I don't think about it all the time. It's not like, oh, you know, it's just not there anymore. It's just not there. All that pain and anxiety is not there. So that's the best part. Yeah. It's amazing, right? It's like the absence of that stuff that you just have so much more space to just have be present and live your life. And so, so wonderful. So what's one piece of advice you'd give to other people who are going through a similar experience? I thought about that and it would be to just stick with it. If you begin a journey of intuitive eating and healing your sense of your body image, you have to stick with it. The way out is the way and it is a way out. You actually get out. And all of the people on my Facebook groups and all of the podcasts and all of it, people that have been doing this for years, they just keep saying, stick with it. And that is the thing you have to, because it's not comfortable and it's very scary. And of course, you're going to get upset from time to time. You're going to get worried and all that stuff and scared, mostly scared. I feel like you're mostly scared because you're undoing what you thought you had to have built since I was a kid. And yeah, so just stick with it. And I just surrounded myself with podcasts and books and the groups. And then I jumped in and did your program. I feel it's a good idea to do that. Get in with a really good intense group that's really like yours that actually maps you a way out, actually, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Arvis, it's been so wonderful. You know, I know when you joined the group, you were like, I'm 68 years old. Like, I think I'm the oldest one here. And, <laughs> and you, and you'd been in that frame of mind for like, 60 years, almost 60 years. And like, you're just this inspiration. You're like, you're so inspirational, because you were able to overcome this. And you were able to get to this place where it just is not weighing you down anymore. And yeah, you were always just like so encouraging and enthusiastic and have really good questions. And it's been such an honor to do this with you and support you through this and see how you've progressed and see you get to this place now. It's just, I'm just so, so happy for you. No, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. And just, and thank you for your work. And I just am astounded at how hard you and everybody that's in this culture, this good culture, uh, anti-diet culture works so hard at supporting everybody, women, and mostly to be able to actually get out it's just so, well, it's like racism. It's like all of that. It's all of that. And it takes a lot of work. And to have that kind of people like you doing that kind of work really intensely for everybody is such a gift and so generous. I just, I'm so happy. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. Thank you. Thank you. And one day I'm going to come and visit you in California. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome, Arvis. Thank you so much for your time today. Is there anything else you want to add before we close? it out? I don't think so. Nope. I don't think so. Okay, great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Arvis. It's been such an honor. And I'm just so, so proud of you. This episode is kind of cool, actually, because the age difference between Rebecca and Arvis is pretty big. And I just think it's like so amazing how it doesn't really matter how old you are, we still kind of struggle with the same things if we don't decide to disrupt that cycle. And so I admire anyone taking on this work and deciding to choose a different path for themselves. And so I'm sure most of you listening are on that path too. Otherwise, why would you be listening unless you're just like, maybe just curious about it, which is okay, too. Definitely be curious. And so so 
I hope that that inspired you to really just show you what's possible. And obviously, I would love to be your coach. I would love to be your guide. I would love to have you in my community to do this work and to help you along and to have you get to the same place that these four women are at now. So you can find more information about you on fire at summerinandin.com forward slash you on fire. And I just thank you so much for listening today. I hope you feel inspired. And I'll be back with episode 200, which is a special one as well. And I'm excited to share that one with you. Thank you so much for being here today. Rock on. I'm Summer Inanen, and I want to thank you for listening today. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Summer Inanen. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts, search Eat the Rules, and subscribe, rate, and review this show. I would be so grateful. Until next time, rock on.